It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday to you all. This is Locked on Cougars. We are recapping BYU's 21-16 loss to Boise State on today's show. That'll be dominating both the first and second segments. You'll hear from Kalani Satake and his postgame thoughts as well. We'll also in the final segment catch up on how the other teams in the BYU Athletic Department performed over the weekend. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll be telling you about them here in a moment. Also brought to you today by Sling TV and Vivid Seeds. Thanks again for downloading the show. Let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for November 5th, 2018. The ball's at the four. Third and goal from the four. Empty for Wilson. Three wides left. Two to the right. Zach receives a shotgun snap. Quarterback draw. Shoving off a would-be tackle into the end zone. He goes. Zach Wilson. Touchdown, Cougars. There you go. BYU's lone touchdown in three weeks. Of course, a run by Zach Wilson, four yards for the score. Thank you to the BYU Sports Network for letting us use that highlight there. All credit goes to them for that. Great call by Greg Rubel, as always. But as I just said, BYU failing to score touchdowns, and that's the theme of this game. BYU had this game in their hands. Get down to the five-yard line, a 59-yard screen pass, Absolutely phenomenal setup. Great time to call that play to Matt Hadley. He rumbles up the field. Great blocks from the offensive line, the wide receivers. Gets BYU in position. Uh, Zach Katoa takes the ball with about a minute four left. Rushes to the five-yard line. And BYU from there, just a catastrophic error of mistakes. Uh, Seemingly either underwhelming or over coaching uh, underwhelming decisions on the coaching staff or over coaching in terms of what they were thinking but BYU comes up short when they had that game there in their hands for the taking if you follow me on Twitter Saturday night during that game I was highly critical of the game management of the final drive for BYU great play to Matt Hadley absolutely deserves that it's the longest play from scrimmage for BYU this season all credit goes to Jeff Grimes for calling that play But then it all fell apart. BYU has a first and 10 at the Boise State 13-yard line after that 59-yard rumble by Matt Hadley. Lopini Katoa takes a nice run, goes 8 yards to the Boise State 5. That gives BYU a second and 2. They go no huddle, tempo offense. Matt Hadley goes running up the middle, no gain. I thought he lost a half yard. Okay. That's where I have issues because when he goes down, BYU fails to call their final timeout there. Uh, when Lupini Katoa went out of bounds, there was 58 seconds remaining. By my count, after rewatching the film of this, BYU lost 33 seconds on after that run by Matt Hadley there. And before they snapped the ball again. Also a similar type of run to Matt Hadley. He goes off the left side this time. No gain once again. So BYU now faces a fourth and two on the Boise State 5. And Boise State actually bailed BYU out. I don't know what 
they were thinking, the Broncos were thinking, but they called a timeout and bell BYU out because it looked like Zach Wilson and the offense was confused as to what they were going to do um, with that fourth down play call. Zach Wilson does get the uh, first down, gets a three-yard scamper up to the Boise State 2, gives BYU a first down. There is seven seconds remaining, and BYU gets another timeout called by Boise State. They try and set something up. Uh, reportedly, according to Matt Hadley after the game, it was a run-pass option. I thought it was a max-protect play with two wide receivers and routes, and uh, Tristan Hodge gets beat inside by Curtis Weaver, uh, gets sacked, uh, Zach Wilson gets sacked, and get ball game. Uh, Zach Wilson, to his credit after the game, took that final play on him, said that he should have been smarter, gotten rid of the ball, uh, made sure that it was going to have he, were, the Cougars were going to have another chance, throw it out of the back of the end zone, have one or two seconds remaining, and have another chance. But he gets sacked, uh, no chance to stop the clock, no chance to, to spike the ball, and ball game. Uh, I. I think the game management in that final minute is indefensible. We'll be catching up with Kalani Satake later today. Uh, he said after the game he'll have to review the film and see if um, how he managed it was the right way to do it. I'm of the opinion it was completely completely mismanaged, and we'll see what he has to say. I'm expecting he'll defend what they did, uh, as any coach I would expect would, but I thought it was just absolutely indefensible. I don't mean to come off as overly critical or a downer on this game. Just simply want to state the fact that I thought the BYU had that game won. I thought that they um, had it in their hands. You have a you have the ball in your possession on the five yard line with a minute to go, just under a minute, fifty eight seconds officially, with a second and two after Lopini Katoa gets you to the five yard line. And you proceed to decide to run your running back up the middle twice on two straight plays. Those two plays, in my opinion, lost the game for BYU. You took the ball away from your hot shot freshman quarterback who had the hot hand. Zach Wilson passed for 252 yards in this game. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal considering he was sacked seven times in this game. He's playing behind an offensive line that is about as leaky of an offensive line as I have seen in quite some time at BYU. I don't know what happened to the offensive line we saw against Wisconsin and Arizona earlier on in the season and what we're seeing right now. Against Northern Illinois and Boise State, absolutely abysmal. It's time to go back to the drawing board if you're Ryan Pugh and Jeff Grimes. They need to figure something out. Maybe insert some new bodies in there, get some of the upperclassmen. I think Thomas Schof uh, still has some gas in the tank. He's a senior who's played a lot of football. Keanu Saliapaga struggled in this game. Tristan Hodge struggled in this game. Austin Hoyt, your lone senior starter on the offensive line, struggled in this game. Something's got to give on that offensive line, that's for sure. But we'll we'll hopefully hear something from Kalani Sitake later today on what he wants to do. But I'm I'm most interested to hear what he has to say about this game management and how they handled that final minute. I thought it was indefensible. While we wait for Kalani Sitake's comments later today, we'll let you hear his post-game comments right now. He begins by talking about the slow start for BYU where they fell behind 14-0 with a spectacularly awful display on special teams in the first quarter. So here's Kalani Sitake after the game. Big thanks and a big tip of the cap to KUTV and Adam Mikulic who sent this over. Really appreciate them letting me use this audio. So here's Kalani Sitake after the game. Can't start like that, you know, and 
I think it's from the beginning, you know, bringing the, the opening kickoff out of the end zone and um, fumble on the next, on, the, on on one of the returns. I mean, just way too many mistakes. And, and um, yeah, that's just that was just really difficult uh, to have to go through all that. The, the three turnovers were really hard to deal with. But, um, like I said, the guys keep work, kept working hard, kept believing, and we had a chance at the end. Just wish we could have. We've learned a lot about our team tonight. We're just like to learn it with a W. On the Bushman fumble and the replay, what did you see on that? I didn't see it well enough. I mean, obviously, I would like to say I saw his butt touch the ground, but, you know, this is, that's, just need to make it a point to take care of the football. He made a, a great catch, um, you know, and, and um, I think he's just trying too hard to get in the end zone. I think he's in a good position right there to, to get some points, and it's just, um, one play, you know, one, one play that we need to make. Um, you could probably look throughout the whole game, whether it's any of the three phases, and uh, we weren't able to do that. And that needs to change. We need to play a lot cleaner. Coach, what has Tristan Hodge been in your offensive line since being able to take the field with BYU this season? Yeah, he's really versatile and he's a positive leader for us. And, um, you know, he's worked really hard in getting that O-line group together. And they're still a young group. I think there's only, there's only one senior among them. So... Um, they're learning quite a bit in the last, you know, throughout the whole season, and a lot of his leadership's been able to keep the group together. And I've been really proud of our own line. I'm proud of all our guys. It just, just sucks. I wish we would have won the game. <laughs> Michael Shelton's two big plays. Paul Turner got called back in the interception. You talked about his performance tonight. Yeah, I mean, I was really proud of. Him. I wish we didn't have a penalty on that on that punt return, but they had one on the kick return too. So. Um, you know, you just you don't like matching mistakes with mistakes. We need to make big plays, and and um, yeah, we just got to clean it up, not make so many mistakes, and we'll have a better chance of winning. Has Tony Finnell been used on kickoffs in games before? Um, I think this is the first time that we had him had him working with with the kickoff team. You, you've used a few guys like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Darren Hall got in for the one play, didn't end up working out, but just using some guys and getting. An opportunity here and there is that kind of the, the philosophy, or they just earn it? Yeah, and I mean our guys are always competing for for um, playing time, and um, with the new redshirt rule, you know we can play guys for four games, and so I think I think we're going to keep working with that. It helps our depth, um, and you know we've had some guys get banged up, so we've had to elevate some guys on the field earlier than than um, you know. And now we're getting to that point where um, do we play the fifth game or do we keep, keep a kid in redshirt mode and? All that has to do with is, is our, our depth, you know. Three games uh, left and got to win, you know, got to win the next one. And uh, that's what our focus is on right now. So uh, going to the latter part of the season, I think this is going to be a, a good test for us to go to UMass and see our guys can play. And we've got to improve on what we did tonight and, and uh, you know, try to eliminate as many mistakes as possible. There you go, Kalani Satake, and he's right. That final comment, he says we can build on some things here. They can build on things. Zach Wilson played absolutely well. That offensive line needs plenty of work, but I thought Zach Wilson, despite the Swiss cheese uh, block that was the offensive line, I thought he looked good. BYU needs to figure out what they're doing at running back, if it's Squally Canada, if it's Lopini Katoa, if it's Matt Hadley. Find your guy. Squally Canada was the guy down the stretch last season, Find your guy. I don't care who it is, but settle on a guy. You heard Andre Ware on the ESPN uh, broadcast crew criticizing that, and I'm with him. BYU needs to figure out what they're doing with the running bag. 
They'll figure it out, hopefully, and they're going to UMass this week. Of course, the Minutemen came to Provo last year and won their first FBS road game in their program's history at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I've mentioned last week on this podcast that's the worst loss, in my opinion, for BYU since the 1985 loss, I believe, to UTEP. Uh, we can discuss that a little bit later this week, but uh, we need to take a time out here, step aside. We'll come back, get some more thoughts on this game, work in some of your guys' thoughts on the game as well. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's title sponsor. That is our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. You have any pest control issues, All Guard are your people to get in contact with. They have a singular focus on all pests. This is not a lawn care company who happens to do pest control on the side. Pest control is what they do, and they do it extremely well. Their online reviews are absolutely phenomenal. Whatever metric you want to use, Google reviews, whatever you want to look at, Seth Baird and his team are top of the line. They make sure all of their customers are taken care of. If they're not satisfied the first time, they make sure to make sure it's taken care of and they don't have issues going forward. Servicing all of the Wasatch front, wherever you may be, even up into Wasatch and Tooele counties, I'm sure they can help you out as well. Give them a call, 801-851-1812. My spiders, ants, Katie Dids, whatever you got, their pest control team can take care and abate any issue you have. Once again, that's All Guard Pest Control. Tell them Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you when you give them a call, 801-851-1812. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. are locked on cougars thank you so much for downloading the podcast as always you can find us on all the major podcast platforms whether that's apple Podcasts, google play stitcher radio or a spotify also can tell your smart speakers play podcasts locked on cougars you can find us there i'm jay catch your host here on the podcast thanks again for downloading the show if you're new welcome on in love having new uh, listeners to the podcast this show keeps growing each and every day we're seeing our download numbers continue to increase each and every day so please continue to share the podcast with your family and friends and please continue to subscribe rate and review we talked about in that first segment a lot of the game management, BYU losing a narrow game to Boise State. The Cougars dropped below 500 this season for the first time, which is actually an accomplishment in and of itself considering BYU coming off a 4-9 season. I know the vibes around this program are not great right now. A lot of disgruntled BYU fans, and for good reason. BYU sits below 500. They're now battling for bowl eligibility. They've lost four of five games. But there are some things to build on with BYU. I want to talk about some of the guys I thought were highlights in this game. And I th- guys, I think they will build on what they did against Boise State, hopefully going forward in the final three games of the year. Uh, BYU needing two wins to get to bowl eligibility. 
I am going to stake my reputation saying BYU will do that. I expect them to go to UMass this week, beat the Minutemen, get some revenge for that loss a year ago at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, get their fifth win, even the record at 500. And I believe they also will get their bowl eligibility on senior day next week, a week from Saturday when they host New Mexico State. The game against Utah, always a crapshoot. I will not pick against the Utes until BYU proves otherwise. Call me cynical, call me what you will, but I will not pick against Utah until BYU proves they can win that game. Though BYU's chances got a little bit better after Utah lost Tyler Huntley to injury against Arizona State on Saturday. You always hate a competitor. I don't care if they're your arch rival like Utah is for BYU to go down to injury. But alas, that's what it is for Utah. Tyler Huntley apparently done for the year with a broken collarbone. They'll be starting redshirt freshman Jason Shelley the rest of the rest of the season, it appears. All right, some guys I thought um, were good news. Okay, we'll start off with the bad news. I like to start off with the bad news again and get to the good news. Bad news is Chris Wilcox, BYU's cornerback, I thought he's been playing extremely well over the last few weeks, has really grown into that position this year after some struggles in the first couple years of his career. Bad news is I got a text from one of my people down there at BYU last night that Chris Wilcox is expected to miss the remainder of the season. Uh, details on what the injury were were unclear. I was told it's something in his lower leg. Uh, that's from your knee to your foot. I don't know what it was, but he is out for the year most likely. I was not told of the timetable for his return, but here's hoping and here's sending good wishes to Chris Wilcox um, as he tries to battle back from injury. BYU now will um, looking like they'll start D'Angelo Mandel in his place. Michael Shelton, who, by the way, Michael Shelton, he talked the talk last week, of course, criticizing BYU's home fans. And players like that, if you're going to go out and blast blast your home fans, you better back it up when you're back out there on the field. And all credit to Michael Shelton. He picks up a big interception. He had a punt return that had BYU looking like they were in fantastic uh, field position, called back due to a... Man, it's just a tough injury, not a tough injury, a tough penalty to take, block in the back if I'm not mistaken. Could have been a hold either way. It gets that uh, great punt return negated. But I thought that considering what he said last week, talking the talk, Michael Shelton walked the walk. He'll be starting at one cornerback spot. D'Angelo Mandel will start at the other. The guy I believe is the next future star at cornerback for BYU. And there's not to say that Mandel or Malik Moore can't become one of those guys. I believe Isaiah Heron is a future starter. He is working his way back from yet another injury. But if he's able to get in the mix, you could have a decent rotation still at cornerback. But getting back to the point... Uh, Best wishes to Chris Wilcox, and here's hoping for a speedy recovery for him. Tough to see him go down with injury and get carried off the field. That did not look good. I assumed he was going to be out long term. Yeah, and I got the word last night that he was going to be out for the remainder of the season. If I am wrong, I'm sure Kalani Satake will update us, but that's my understanding that he is done for the year. All right, other players that stood out in this game. Skyler Southam, he's had an up-and-down season as a freshman kicker for BYU. Uh, Missed his first kick of the game, a 48-yarder that fell just short. I believe he still has the leg because we've seen him boot 50-plus yarders that had plenty of distance. I think he probably just mishit that first one. It was online. It just came up a little bit short, but he bounced back. Kickers, um, as you heard Rhett Allman talk about last week when I interviewed him, kickers have to have this mentality where they just shake things off. They just That kick happened. 
okay, that is what it is. On to the next one. And credit to Skylar Southam in this game. He connected on his next three field goals from 43, 41, and 26 yards. Very much a big part of BYU's uh, narrow loss. Hats off to Skylar Southam for bouncing back. I thought Sione Taki Taki played extremely well once again in this in this game. He's going to be the next linebacker that goes to the NFL, and I think he's going to be a guy that surprises NFL uh personnel, directors, etc. Because Fred Warner is doing incredible things for BYU. And Sione Takitaki is producing at a level I think Fred Warner produced at as well. Takitaki led BYU with 11 total tackles in the Boise State game. Four solo stops. Uh, also credit goes to Corbin Kafusi and Trajan Peely. Good to see two BYU defensive ends get sacks in this game. I thought that the BYU defense as a whole... They have played extremely well coming back from that bye week. They were much maligned earlier this season in losses to Washington. Um, And ever since that Hawaii game, I think that Hawaii game where BYU came out and absolutely punched Hawaii in the mouth, did not allow them to score more than three points in the first half. Since then, BYU's defense has been lights out. That's credit to the players. That's also credit to Elisa Tuiaki, Ed Lamb, and the rest of the position coaches on that side of the ball. I think they heard the criticism, and in, in some aspects, I believe it was warranted, but they have bounced back, and they're they're showing out well. Granted, also, you can uh, discount that to a degree with the level of competition. The big, uh, I think the big test will loom at the end of the year when BYU heads to Salt Lake to face off against the University of Utah, Zach Moss and company, plenty of talent on that Utah offense. And we'll see how improved this BYU defense really is, or if it's just smoke and mirrors and the level of competition they're playing against at this point. All right, other players um, on the offensive side before we go that I wanted to mention, I need to go back to Zach Wilson. Sacked seven times in this game, still finishes the game with 36 rushing yards. He is 18 of 27, passing for 252 yards. Hats off to this young man. He's a gym rat. He is a film junkie. He's in the film room all the time. There's a picture of him. His mom um, went to go find him to have his little sister do an interview of him or a cousin. I believe it was his younger sister or a cousin just a couple weeks ago. Said, we found him at 10 o'clock at night and he's in the film room. That's what you want to see from a quarterback. You want to see a guy who lives in the film room, who enjoys uh, mastering his craft, and hats off to Zach Wilson. Also, credit needs to go to Matt Hadley. That big play, longest play from scrimmage, a 59-yard screen pass he took. And he also finished the game uh, with 39 yards rushing. I don't know what BYU's thinking at running back. I'm with Andre Ware and many of you that BYU needs to settle on a running back and just let that person run. But hopefully they figure that out against UMass this week. So there are some of the guys that stood out to me in this game. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or at Locked on Cougars. You guys had a phenomenal response to my tweets on Saturday night. Uh, At points, I felt like I might have been a little too critical. But, man, BYU had that game for the taking. And to see them lose that game and go to 0-5 all-time in Boise, now 2-7 all-time against the Broncos overall in their series history, Tough deal, tough pill to swallow. 
All right, we'll take a time out here. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about two of today's sponsors. Vivid Seats is one of them. Vivid Seats is here to help you have experiences that last you a lifetime by getting to your favorite events, whether that's your favorite sports teams, BYU, the Utah Jazz, whatever you want to go see, artists, if you're a concert junkie, or if you like theater. Vivid Seats help you get tickets to your favorite live events, and that way you can do it with a great price and easy purchasing experience. Of course, they're giving you a deal with the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Cougars listeners can get $20 off your first order of $200 or more if you are a first-time customer of Vivid Seats with the podcast code Locked On. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download that Vivid Seats app, enter the promo code Locked On, and receive that $20 off your two order of $200 or more of tickets as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Of course, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed up by a 100% guarantee. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Sling TV. If you're a college football junkie like I am, you spend Saturdays watching every game you can seemingly take in. Sling TV can help you do that. They're your best option to watch college football. $30 a month gets you networks like the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more. So you can watch all the college football and in particular, BYU football that you can handle. You can stream Sling TV on your big screen and across all all of your favorite devices that gives you the live TV you love only better. There are no useless channels when it comes to Sling TV. You pick what you want to pay for and that's what you get. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You know what you're paying right up front. And of course, you can cancel at any time. If you want to check it out, see if it might be the right option for you, get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Once again, Sling TV, here to help you watch all the college football you can handle. You are Locked On Cougars. As we close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars, we're catching up on how the other teams in the BYU Athletic Department performed over the weekend. Uh, We'll start off with men's and women's swimming and diving teams. They were in Las Vegas over the weekend, and they came away with a clean sweep over the UNLV Rebels. A big win for the women's swim team, winning 154.5 to 145.5. Uh, so hats off to the women's team. The men's team absolutely dominated 172 to 127. Head coach John Brooks told uh, BYUCougars.com, what a meet. It's been a while since we've had a close meet for both men and women. I could not have been prouder of both teams as everyone stepped up and battled as a team. Hats off to the men's and women's swimming and diving teams. They will be have the week off this week before they head to Columbia, Missouri for the Missouri Invite on November 15th through the 17th. It'll be the Mizzou Aquatic Center. We'll keep you updated as that gets closer. Of course, the number one ranked BYU women's volleyball team continues to get it done. They played in front of a crowd of 5,082 people. It's the second largest women's volleyball crowd ever at BYU. 23 and 0 now for the Cougars after they got a um, it was a it was a tough tough match finally. BYU's been tested uh 
critically by San Diego, who's probably their top competition in the West Coast Conference. BYU got a season-high 16 blocks. Uh, They come away with a 25-19, 25-15, 22-25, 25-20, four-set win. It's good to see BYU have matches like this because it lets you know, hey, they're they're still battling. They're getting tested because I think a lot of people nationally looking at BYU wonder how much uh, work they're actually getting with all these sweeps that BYU has put in. But good to see San Diego come in and take it to BYU. And hats off to the women's volleyball team. 23-0, 13-0 in West Coast Conference play. They'll be at home again this week, so another chance for big crowds to go out and enjoy this team in action. They'll be taking on Santa Clara Thursday at 7 p.m. and then San Francisco Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, so you can go out and watch the women's team. Get your tickets. Go to BYUcougars.com. You can get them there. Uh, Big congratulations also goes to the BYU women's soccer team. They clinched the outright West Coast Conference title with a 2-1 win over Loyola Marymount Saturday night. Phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishment for the BYU women's soccer team. Jennifer Rockwood on BYUcougars.com said, quote, It's a huge game for us this year, and it certainly didn't come easy. We really had to battle like crazy in that second half to get back into it. It really comes down to the mentality to get out there and get the job done. Uh, the Lions took the lead in the 25th minute uh, to take a 1-0 advantage. of BYU, like Coach uh, Rockwood just said, rallied back. Uh, BYU has finished their season now. They are 13-4-1 on the year, 8-1 in West Coast Conference play. They now will await the tournament draw, the NCAA tournament draw, which is this afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We'll have updates for you on where BYU is seated slash where they're playing when that comes out, and we'll have that on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for downloading the show. It's a blast to bring it to you each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow with more for you. Make sure to check out today's title sponsor for all your pest control needs. That is All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. Thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Also, big thanks to Vivid Seats and Sling TV as well. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for November 5th, 2018. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.